Hello, and welcome back to Low Definition, the podcast game show where I customarily have written something to say at this point, but just didn't get around to it this week. I'm your host, Steve Lutz, and with me are uh, some players, I guess. Uh, hello? Are there players here? Hello. Yo. Oh, okay, okay, good. good. <laughs> Serious, guys, this week has been nuts. I thought I might have actually forgotten the players. <laughs> what a relief. All right, so uh, let's see who we've got. Oh, crap. Introductions. We're happy to relieve uh, you, Steve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, our first player is a human who does human things. It's Kathy Campbell. Howdy, Kathy. I am definitely a human, and human things are what I am doing now as I humanize. All right, I won't question you on that. That sounded super convincing. Yeah, mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. exactly what a human would say. Uh, player number two is a guy with a microphone who wears pants sometimes. Say hello to Brian Hamilton. Hello, Brian Hamilton. Are we human or are we dancers? Mm, jury's still out on that one, Brian. Uh, this next player is definitely a player. She's here to play a game. Definitely. And that player is Kelly Gamont. What's up, Kelly? <laughs> um, apparently, I'm a player, so dollar dollar bill, y'all. Oh, right. wait, it's a different kind of player, right? Okay, that's some street cred right there. Uh, all right, let's see. Oh, this is a rare treat. Uh, two arms, ten toes, and a face. That's our Tiff Armit. Hello, Tiff. <laughs> hey, I had something prepared for the player comment. I was going to be all, don't hate the player, hate mm, the game. You missed your window. <laughs> I know, but I said it anyway, so I made oh. it good, right? It's like joking. Don't worry, by the end, I'm sure we will. I just realized I've never met you. I hope you do have 10 toes and I didn't just say something awful. <laughs> oh, I have 11. <laughs> I have an extra one for good luck. Well, that's even better. Uh, let's see, who's next? Oh, is this right? Oh, it looks like our next player is brand new to low definition and probably <laughs> deserved a better intro. <laughs> Too bad. Anyway, here's Annette Weirstra. Welcome, Annette. Hello. I'm here and a little terrified. Good. That's what we like. Mm -hmm. uh, those players, by the way, were introduced sort of in order of play as determined by random.org. Remember, if it doesn't say random.org, it isn't random.org. <laughs> okay so here's how we play low definition in each round i will present you with a weird word so weird in fact that you may think that some of these words aren't even real but oh my friends i assure you that they are real i looked them up on the internet anyway your job is to send me a definition for that word if you think you know the actual definition of the word well you don't <laughs> but what the heck, send me that answer anyway, and if you're actually right, you'll get an immediate three points and the opportunity to sit back and laugh at your peers. But supposing you don't have the slightest clue what the word really means, what then? Well, in that case, you should send me a fake definition that you think will sound plausible to the other players. When I have all your answers, I will scramble them up and then read them, along with the real definition. Then each of you will have a chance to guess which one is correct. You get two points if you successfully identify the real definition and an additional point for each player who guesses your fake definition. We play to a total of 18 points or until I detect that the players have begun to lose their minds and mercifully call an end to it. Oh, and just one more thing. If nobody gets the correct definition in a round, 
Guess who gets six points? Here's a hint. Me. It me. That means if you guys blow it three times, I win the game, and you all have to face your friends and family in the knowledge that you wasted two hours on this crap, and you didn't even get a case of turtle wax <laughs> or a copy of the home game. So that's our game. Any questions? Good. Let's play low definition. Yay. <laughs> Just <laughs> dripping with enthusiasm. I love it. All right. So here we go. Um, how about we start with round one? What? Yeah. No. It's very wow. linear. It's getting crazy early tonight. And the word for round one is elf lock. Elf lock. That's spelled E L F L O C K. Elf lock. Please, why don't you send me your definitions for the word elf lock now? Elf lock. Elf lock? Elf lock. Elf locko? Elf locko. Blah, blah. El spooky. <laughs> All the definitions are in for the round one word, which was elf lock. And I will read them now along with the real definition. Listen carefully. <laughs> elf lock. One, a scabbard for a tiny sword. Two, the track on a sliding window. Three, a small group of lambs. Four, a funnel-shaped urination aid. <laughs> Five, tangled hair as if matted by elves. Or six, having shapely buttocks. One of those is the real definition for the word elf lock. And the first to get to figure out which one it is, is Kathy Campbell. What do you think, Kathy? All right. I am going to go with the track on a sliding window, although I do enjoy a pair of shapely buttocks. We're going with the track of mm -hmm. the sliding window. All right. That brings us to Brian. I was going to pick the flock of sheep, but then I realized how on the nose that is for the word, so I'm not going to pick that. I like the butts. But I also like the I window. I think you're lying. <laughs> oh, you just well, took my joke. Here's the thing. Oh. <laughs> I cannot lie. Really? That must be no, life hard. No, no, I cannot. Um, hmm, uh, I'm going with the window, too. Window slidey track boy. All right. Decided not to pick your buttocks after all. <laughs> okay. Two for the sliding window. You want to make it a threesome, Kelly? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I would, but you know, I'm going for the nice butt, Steve. Hmm. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> that brings us to Tiff. Yeah, I'm uh I like them big and round and something next to a wall. I'm not sure, but <laughs> I want the butts. <laughs> <sighs> okay, and that brings us to our new player, Annette. Annette, do us proud. I am gonna make it a threesome. But not Ooh. the butts. Uh, the windows. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a, the track on a sliding window for you as well then, yes? Yes. Okay. Well, let's see how that all went then. Let's start with the threesome. 
Uh, that would be <laughs> Kathy, Brian, and Annette. You all thought that an elf lock was the track on a sliding window. That actually is the track that leads to Kelly getting a win because that was her answer. <gasps> oh, my threesomes never Dang go it. well. Three points to you. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Brian. Speaking of Kelly, she and Tiff thought that elf lock might be having shapely buttocks. Nope, that was Kathy's answer. Good job, Kathy. Two points for you. That means that in the very first round... What? Oh, no. I get six points because nobody correctly sussed out that Elflock is tangled hair as if matted by elves. Wow, this could be a very short game. That seemed too obvious. All righty, so let's see how the scores break down after that first round. Well, look who's in the lead. Why, it's uh, me. <laughs> hmm, hmm, hmm. With six points. Kelly's in second with three. Kathy's in third with two. And nobody else has anything, but the game is young. So let's move on to round two. Round two. Round two. And the word for round two is Cairo gymnast. Yes. <laughs> Cairo gymnast that is spelled C H I R O G Y M N A S T Cairo gymnast please send me your definitions for the word Cairo gymnast now Cairo gymnast I think could be Karagamnist I'm going with Karagamnist <laughs> <laughs> Chirogi Manast. Karagamanasti. Shiro. <laughs> Miss Jackson, Nasty. if you're Karagamanasti. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then, all of the definitions are in for the round two word, which was chirogymnast. Here we go. One. An exercise machine which assists athletes with flexibility. Two, therapeutic technique for children in a play environment. Three, a shiver of pleasure. I said that like a pirate a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Arr, Ahoy, pleasure. <laughs> shiver, shiver. Shiver me pleasure. A shiver of pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> That just gave me a shiver of pleasure. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's move on. Four. <laughs> a mechanical device used to exercise a pianist's fingers. Boy, I was careful with that one. <laughs> Five. A backflipping circus performer. Or six. An athletically demanding branch of chiropractics. So those are your options for round two. And the first to get to choose amongst them is Brian. Uh-oh. What you got for me, Brian? How about um, I'll have what she's having, a shiver of pleasure. Oh, my. <laughs> All righty then. Kelly. I'm going to go with the uh, piano player machine. Sounds good. Piano player machine for you. Tiff. It was either one of those, honestly. Uh, shiver me pleasure. <laughs> Ahoy. <laughs> Annette. 
I'm going to go with number one, the non-pianist exercise machine. Mm, well said, well said. <laughs> Enunciation is very important. And Kathy Campbell. Oh, none of these. It, it's got to be none, right, Steve? That's that's how this game works? Uh, um, I don't think I can put none down for your choice. Okay, right? fine. Nuns is a whole different we'll show. Go, <laughs> uh let's do the play environment with the children's okay sounds good all righty well let's see how that all went um let's start with Annette, who thought that a chirogymnist might be an exercise machine which assists athletes with flexibility actually that assists kelly with her score because that was her answer one point to kelly Woo-hoo! you're welcome thank you Kathy thought that chirogymnist might be a therapeutic technique for children in a play environment. That actually was Annette's answer, so a point to Annette. Uh, Congrats! You're off the starting block. Good job. Uh, Brian and Tiff both thought that a chirogymnist might be a shiver of pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) No, me mateys, that were (laughs) Kathy's answer. (laughs) Oh, no. And that leaves Kelly, who thought that a chirogymnist might be a mechanical device used to exercise a pianist's fingers. Is she correct, or do I now have 12 points? She's correct. (laughs) Yay! A chirogymnist is a mechanical device used to exercise a pianist's fingers. And it looks pretty draconian, too. It looks very painful to use, and I I don't think it's something that's in use these days. But now you know. The more you know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so after round two, we have a tie for first place. Kelly and I are even with six points each. Even Steven? Oh. <laughs> oh. Wow. Nice. Just wow. <laughs> Kathy's close behind. She's got four points. She's in third. Annette's off the starting block with one point. She's in fourth place. Brian and Tiff, they're taking their sweet time. Maybe round three is their round. We'll find out right now. You know, words are great and all. But why don't we visit with somebody that we haven't seen in some time? Why don't we take a little trip to say hello to our old friend, Florida yes. Man? Yay! Florida Man. Miss Florida Man. Whenever someone passes out in the Taco Bell drive through whenever someone drops ecstasy and chases ghosts with a machete, basically, whenever shenanigans are afoot, you can bet that Florida Man was there. So let's see what Florida man's been up to lately. Uh, Let's see. As reported in the Miami Herald on October 5th, 2018, so this was fairly recently, Parul Patel, the owner of a BP gas station in Jacksonville, was forced to put up a sign in her on-site convenience store to try to prevent Florida man from repeating some fairly naughty behavior he'd been up to lately. What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to tell me... Where in her convenience store did she hang that sign? And what did it say? All right. All of your answers are in for Florida Man. I asked you to let me know where uh, the BP gas station owner put the sign warning Florida Man away from some fairly naughty behavior. You guys came through, so here's what you said. One, 
she put a sign in the refrigerated section that said, no masturbating here. (laughs) (laughs) Hung a sign on the drink coolers, do not use Mountain Dew for showers. (laughs) She put a sign on the gas pump that said, do not drink. She put a sign on the microwave reading, only for food use, do not warm urine. (laughs) (laughs) She put a sign on the freezer reading, please do not sit on our frozen meat section. (laughs) Or she put a sign by the magazine stand saying, please enjoy these magazines in the privacy of your own home. (laughs) So... Those are your options for Florida Man. And the first to get to decide amongst them is Kelly. I'm going with urine in the microwave. (laughs) Why wouldn't you? (laughs) You know. I will point out that everything sounds really plausible, so this is much harder than it should be. Extremely (laughs) plausible. All right. That brings us to Tiff. Steve, it has to be official. And it has to be urine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means. Uh, Annette. I am going with the Mountain Dew. All right. Who can tell the difference actually between that and the warm urine? (laughs) Do the Dew, right? Mountain Dew in the microwave. Do the Dew. Kathy. (sighs) All right. So do I go with what my heart said? Your your heart says one of these things. That's really weird. <laughs> yeah, you really should get that checked out. I feel like you have a larger issue than a round of Florida man, if that's the case. I no, it's true. It's it's yes. Um, because I immediately heard the urine. Yes, and it tickled something. Oh, <laughs> did it, wait! Did it shiver your pleasure? <laughs> oh. Go to bed, gloves, kids. But do we do a spread? Keep in mind that if it did, it's illegal in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. You know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the urine. That's where your, your heart has led you. Yeah, that's where my heart. Are you a hooker with a heart of gold by any chance? (laughs) (laughs) Just curious. Gold, I I said. Silver. Brian, <laughs> you are our our anchorman, our coxswain in this round. What do you, what do you think? Whoa. <laughs> That's how you pronounce that, right? I think Florida man is fairly hot because it's Florida and it's, you know, an acrid, humid, terrible place. Acrid. So he wants to uh, cool his bum down by sitting on the frozen meat section. Oh, well, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> Great. Now Florida man is inspiring Steve. We're doomed. (laughs) (laughs) Your next challenge is to try all of these things at your local convenience store. (laughs) Please don't. Right. Low definition is not held liable for any ideas that may be contributed to the wider studio audience. Thank you. Or any frozen meat sections. Or any frozen meat meat sections. Right. Well, let's see what happened there. Uh, Why don't we start with Annette? She thought that uh, this gas station owner might have hung a sign on the drink coolers saying, do not use Mountain Dew for showers. 
That actually was Tiff's answer, so a point to Tiff for that. Thank you. You're welcome. Brian thought that uh, she might have put a sign on the freezer reading, please do not sit on our frozen meat section. By the way, please do not shop for your frozen meats at the BP gas station. (laughs) (laughs) Just a tip. And uh, Brian, don't shop at Annette Mart because you just gave her a point. I'll be right back. I have a lot to throw away in my freezer. (laughs) I think it's my freezer you should be worrying about. That leaves Kelly, Tiff, and Kathy. They all thought that she might have put a sign on the microwave reading, only for food use, do not warm urine. Gross. And also correct. She put a sign on the microwave reading, only for food use. My heart was true. Do not warm urine. It led you right to the puddle of pee. Great job, heart. (laughs) yes indeed apparently uh there's a drug test two drug testing centers just down the street from the bp gas station (laughs) and uh warm urine is easier to pass off as fresh urine if it's uh you know you're bringing in a sample that's so good (laughs) so terrible and amazing by the way the name of that convenience store on site of the bp gas station on the fly Oh, <laughs> how unfortunate. Welcome to On The Fly, your favorite Jeff Goldblum fan cast. I'm Brian Hamilton, and joining me is Florida Man. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> hey, we have a new leader. After three rounds, Kelly has pulled ahead. She now has eight points. Y'all keep Woo! guessing her answers, and she's going to keep getting mm. points. Uh, although that time it was more guessing the right answer, so, you know. It happens. Uh, Kathy and I are tied for second with six points each. Tiff has moved into fourth place with three, and Annette has two. Brian, he's just chilling. Just chilling. With my frozen meat. Just chilling (laughs) on the frozen meat section. (laughs) Hello. It's really nice and cool back here. Thinking about enjoying some Mountain Dew and warming up some pee. (laughs) All right, let's move on to round four. We're back to words, and this word is a listener word. Yes, indeed. It was provided by listener Emily. Thank you, listener Emily. Thank you, listener Emily. Great job, listener Emily. Uh, Well, actually, we'll see. Maybe it's not so great. (laughs) We'll see how y'all do with this word. And the word is... Anaptixis. Bless you. Anaptixis. That's spelled A-N-A-P-T-Y-X-I-S. Anaptixis. Please, won't you send me your definitions for the word anaptixis now? A nap taxi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a nap that that every taxi. A nap taxi taxi would be amazing. (laughs) It's a car that drives around and you can take a nap. (laughs) Yeah, I think we worked it out. Okay, so here are the definitions for anaptixis. One, a minor stroke caused by a sneeze. Two, to forcibly fit an incorrect piece into a puzzle. Three, a tool used for snuffing out torches. Four, the insertion of a vowel between consonants to ease pronunciation. Five, no longer feeling an affection for someone you once loved. Or six, using a noun as a verb. 
Those are your options for the word anaptixis. And the first chooser is Tiff. Insert that vowel, Steve. Inserting. Thank you. <laughs> Okie dokie, Annette. That is the same one I want. I want to insert a vowel. Wow. A lot of insertion going on here. Mm-hmm. Excellent. <laughs> Arr. <laughs> Kathy, how'd you like to wedge yourself in there? Oh, let's see, Steve. That's what I was wanting to pick. Mm, boy. Grammar nerds. Oh, no. What's that I smell? Is that six more points? <laughs> yeah. Something smells delicious. Like oh, it's my tacos. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. It's the churro from round okay. two. Yeah, churro ger- <laughs> mastic gets him or something. Oh, I thought those were euros. <laughs> I, I, I got to insert. I, I... <laughs> I've had that feeling before. <laughs> Were you in Florida at the time? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, phrasing. Phrasing. Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You going to stick it with that one, Kathy? Yeah. All right. Are you? Are you, Steve? It's going to slide right in there. <laughs> okay. We're moving on to Brian, then. Uh, I'm going to word this things one. Things are getting pretty cramped in there. I'm going to word this one yeah. and uh, pick a noun as a verb. Oh. It's a little too crowded in there. I'm not going to force myself into the vowel area. I like it. All right, then. And the at least Kelly. I don't take up much space, so I'm going to wedge into the vowel situation as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, why don't we start with that one, then? Seeing all the ladies all are in the vowel piled onto it. <laughs> <laughs> we, all the ladies oh in the gosh, vowel say yes. yes yeah yeah all right <laughs> and uh you should say yeah because anaptixis is the insertion of a vowel between consonants to ease oh pronunciation my, yes! my heart no was true way. again uh, at least poor brian out in the cold as penance he thought that using a noun as a verb was anaptixis, and that was actually Kelly's answer. So more points to wow. Kelly. Oh, no. She's on no, fire. No, Kelly! Oh, no! The I got one thickens. for Christmas. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Best Christmas present ever. Wow. That was amazing. Well, then, after round four, that was round four. Wow, Kelly's got 11 points. She's already past the halfway point. And uh, making strides for that finish line. In second place with eight is Kathy. I'm still hanging steady with six in third place. Tiff has five. She's in fourth. Annette's got four. She's in fifth. Brian's got zero. That would put him in sixth. So on to round five we go. And the word for round five is... Quonk. <laughs> hey Steve, I think something went wrong with your Skype. Uh, it it went quonk. What's oh the word? crap! It's going quonk again. Hang on, I got it. <laughs> is it a little yeah, quonky? Man. All right, feed it another. Nope, quarter. That's the word. <laughs> the word is quonk. That's spelled Q U O N K. Quonk. Quonk. Please leave me your definitions for the word quonk. Now, do you think that's an official Scrabble word? Because you're always looking for this cute. That would be a lot of points. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the K gets in there too. That's in that relatively yeah. prayer. I feel like you could probably argue for it. It would depend on who you're playing with. I mean, if it's a word, it's a word. Yeah. It's a word. An English word? I mean, we're pronounced. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's actually in Merriam-Webster. Thanks, Merriam and or Webster. Uh, all of the definitions are in for the round five word, which was... Quonk. I will now read them. One. An accidental noise picked up on a microphone while broadcasting. Two. A small marsupial found solely in Western Australia. Three, a unit of electrical power. Four, intricate paths made by termites. Five, to plunk suddenly down. (laughs) Or six, the base of a lipstick used to rotate it out of the tube. Those are your options for the word quonk. And our first guesser this round is Annette. Hmm. I'm going with the like most exciting one and saying it's a unit of electrical pa- what was it electrical power? Yes, it was. Yes. And that was the most exciting one, huh? It was it was so exciting <laughs> it was to electrifying. me. Charge. It lit me up. Okay. Easily entertained, but that's great. (laughs) Are they multiplying? (laughs) Hey, Kathy. Hey, Steve. What you think about Quonk? (sighs) Torn between microphone sounds and lipstick tubes. Let me just say, nobody does that fraught sigh quite like Kathy Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) So much air moves. Yeah. Um, let. Uh, all right, we're going with the microphone. A- accidental microphone sound. Okay. <laughs> Did you mean that, or was that an accidental, accidental. microphone sound? Yeah. Could be. This whole podcast is an accidental <laughs> microphone sound. <Yes. laughs> Brian. Uh, my heart's been set on lipstick the entire time. Let's go with lipstick. All right. Very good. Kelly. I am going to go with uh, the marsupial. Okay. Sounds good. And that leaves Tiff. <sighs> Electrical units. Electrical units. It just sounds right. All right. Cool, cool. Well, then all the guesses are in. And uh, why don't we start with that unit of electrical power that both Annette and Tiff thought sounded good. Oh, no. (laughs) Sounded good to Brian, too, because you just gave him two points. (laughs) And congratulations, Brian, on that exciting answer. Oh, thank you. I'd like to thank my mom and dad. (laughs) It's very exciting because now he doesn't have zero. Yay. Yay, Brian. Whoa. Sick burn. Speaking of Brian, he thought that a quonk might be that little base on the bottom of a lipstick that's used to rotate it out of the tube. Regardless of if this is right or not, I'm going to call that quonk for the rest of my life. Okay. <laughs> Kelly will appreciate that, because that was her answer. No! <laughs> Kelly, meanwhile, went with a small marsupial found solely in Western Australia. That actually was Annette's answer. 
And Annette, uh, I just want to congratulate you. In five rounds of this game, you have come up with the most canonical-sounding low-definition answer. Yep. <laughs> yes. Smalls in there, some sort of animal, and then Western, Western Australia. you got a country in there. <laughs> if you had just managed to throw rough-hewn or coarse in there somewhere. Oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. And really, it just reminded me of Quokka, which That's actually which is, is why I picked it. Supio. Ah. Yeah. And that leaves us with Kathy Campbell, who hemmed and hawed and sighed and made a lot of weird noises. And then she landed <laughs> on an accidental noise picked up on a microphone while broadcasting. It's a good thing she did, because that is the correct answer for the word. Oh. How can that be? It Bummer. sounds legit. I thought someone was looking around their room and like, oh, a microphone. Eh, noise. Yeah. <laughs> Quonk. That's what I thought at first, and then I was like, you know what? This this is Steve. <laughs> this is Steve. It's a very Steve yeah, word yeah, to pick. Yeah. That's real. And now you have a new vocabulary term you can whip out Quonk. while podcasting. Congratulations. All right, so after five rounds, Kelly is still out in the lead. She has 12 points. Kathy is hot on her heels, though. She's in second with 10. Uh, I'm still hanging steady with that six points I got in the very first round. I'm in third. We now have a tie for fourth. Five points each, Tiff and Annette. And Brian is still in sixth, but he's off the starting block. He's got Woo, two points. Brian. I think he's making his run for it right now. I got up off of the frozen meats, but I'm still holding some frozen meat as like a security blanket. <laughs> Get up off of that meat. <laughs> Dancing, you feel better. All right, so let's move on to round six. <gasps> what? Round six? <gasps> Why? It's the crazy round. That's right. The crazy round. (laughs) Such a good sound. You quonked. That's right. It's the crazy round where anything could happen. So watch out. And the word for round six is autoskediasm. Oh, no. Oh, dear. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Autoskediasm. That's spelled A U T O. S-C-H-E-D-I-A-S-M. Autoskediasm. And by the way, that sum at the end there, that is a pretty good example of anaptixis. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even plan that. Anywho, why don't you send me your definitions for the word autoskediasm now. Hey, it's me, Steve Lutz. You were just listening to me, and now here I am again. Only this time, instead of asking people to define words, I'm going to say a few words of my own about how you can become an incomparable member. Yes, this is the time of year when we suggest to you, our listeners, whom we love, that maybe you might like to send us some money. I know it doesn't sound like it, but actual time and effort goes into making this show. And the people at random.org are not responding to those invoices I keep sending them. That's so them. Anyway, by becoming a member, you help The Incomparable continue to produce lots of great content, and also low definition. Here's how it works. Point your web browser to theincomparable.com slash members and sign up at the contribution level that works for you. Five, ten, or twenty dollars a month, or you can pay a single annual equivalent if that's your deal. You'll then get to pick The Incomparable shows you'd like to support. A small portion of your contribution goes to keeping the servers on, and the rest goes directly to the shows you select. 
Then, each quarter, your favorite hosts get a check they can show to their spouses to maybe take the sting out of the fact that they missed witnessing little Timmy's first steps while they were talking to their computers about prospectors and constipation. But you're not just supporting the network, you're also investing in a lot of cool bonuses for yourself. Members get access to the bootleg feed, featuring raw, unedited episodes long before non-members get their grubby hands on them. Many shows also release exclusive episodes only for members. And you also get access to our incomparable members Slack, a friendly growing community of weird people like you with great taste in podcasts. You might even get a few tangible goodies in the mail once in a while. Wow, what a bargain! So head on over to theincomparable.com slash members and sign up today. Thanks in advance. And uh, little Timmy thanks you also. He's in high school now. I think. Okay, bye. All of the definitions are in for autoskediasm. I will now read them. Here they come. One. Automatic schematic spasms. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Two. A logical fallacy when the argument uses statistics incorrectly. Three, something done on the spur of the moment or without preparation. Four, a school of architecture focused on organic shapes. Five, the act of mentally undressing someone. Or six, a feeling of panic when seeing double-booked calendar events. <laughs> feel that one. Deep. Yaman. Yeah, so, those are your options for round six. And we're back around to Kathy Campbell. I would like number two, the logical fallacy, please. Yes, ma'am. All right, Brian. It's hmm, double booked calendar events. Double booked calendar events. Okay, Kelly. Uh, I just I keep looking at them and I I want to say architecture, but that doesn't seem right. Um, spur the moment, like this show. Ah. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to Tiff. I'm going to go with mentally undressing someone. Okay. And that leaves Annette. I am going to go with the spur of the moment. You sure on you don't want to you know, take some time and think about that first? No, I'm just going to go for it. Wow. Spur <laughs> of the moment. Choosing Look at you go. Spur of the moment. All right. Well, let's start with Kathy Campbell. Oh, no. <laughs> Who thought an autoskediasm might be a logical fallacy when the argument uses statistics incorrectly? Nope, that was Annette's answer, so a point mm. to Annette. Speaking of Annette, she and Kelly Gamont both thought that autoskediasm was something done on the spur of the moment or without preparation. They didn't prepare for that, but that is the definition for autoskediasm. Oh, oh, yes. Whoa! Moving on, Tiff uh, thought that autoskediasm might be the act of mentally undressing someone 
That actually was Kathy's answer. So another point deserved. to Kathy for that. <laughs> there you go. Very deserved. <laughs> and Brian Hamilton thought autoskediasm was that terrible feeling of panic when you look down at your calendar and you see you are double booked. That actually was Kelly's answer. <laughs> People can't help but, you know, give Kelly points. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, Brian. So there you go. After that craziest of rounds. Wow, Kelly is close. This is going to be a short one, people. Kelly is within striking distance. She is in the lead with 15 points. She only needs three for the win. Uh, Kathy is in second with 11. Annette has eight. She's in third. I still have six. I'm in fourth. Tiff has five in fifth. And Brian, he's still got two. He's still in the back. Good job, Brian. (laughs) Great job. All right, let's move on to round seven. Uh, You know what? Let's do something a little different this round. Let's do something that I call Hammer and Hank and the Gas House Gang. No, no. (laughs) What? (laughs) This this is new. I love this time of year uh, because baseball season is just around the corner. And that means two things. One, drinking heavily in public on weekdays with impunity. And two... Awesome nicknames like Hammer and Hank, Jolt and Joe, the Say Hey Kid, and Scooter. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this round is pretty simple. I'm going to give you all some information about a baseball player of yore. You tell me what his awesome nickname was. So uh, the player that we're going to uh, give a nickname for today, he was... Born in Waukegan, Illinois, on January 24th, 1910. Uh, He played primarily left field for the Pittsburgh Pirates, the New York Giants, and the Chicago White Sox from 1936 to 1945. He had a career batting average of .276 with seven career home runs. And uh, since baseball salaries weren't in those days what they are today, in the offseason, he worked at a North Chicago steel mill. And, uh, oh yeah, you probably want to know his name. It's Johnny Dickshot. (laughs) (laughs) That's correct. Johnny Dickshot. J-O-H-N-N-Y space D-I-C-K-S-H-O-T. Johnny Dickshot. I I don't know why you picked this, Steve. Can't think of a reason. Just kind of, you know, it was there. Uh, So... Why don't you send me the nickname for classic baseball player Johnny Dickshot now? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> He's getting it from both ends there. <laughs> oh. I, don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think it means he hangs out in a Florida gas station quickie mark. <laughs> oh, he hangs out. <laughs> well, his first name means toilet. And he has the last name Dickshot. <laughs> it's a double header. Well, ideally, that's the same end, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all of the nicknames are in for Johnny Dickshot. Like, the dude even really needs a nickname. <laughs> right? So, I will read them now. One. Steely Shot Johnny. <laughs> These are going to be good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> These are going to be great. We'll see. <laughs> Two. 
old hard as steel dick. <laughs> Three. Ugly. <laughs> Four. The whacker. Five. Johnny on the shot. And six, Johnny the Beam Dickshot. So, (laughs) (laughs) that was that. And the first to get to decide which one of those is the real nickname for Johnny Dickshot is Brian. (laughs) Uh, The Whacker. I gotta go with the Whacker. It's uh, it's, uh, Whackity Whack. Don't talk back. Sure. Kelly. I was going to say the whacker, but I don't know where ugly came from. So. (laughs) Mrs. Ugly. I I mean, ostensibly it came from his parents, but um, I think I'm going to go with ugly because it doesn't have anything to do with any of the stuff he told us. Okay. That's a good theory, right? As good as any of the others. Sure. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Tiff. U G L Y. You ain't got no alibi. You ugly. Huh? You ugly. Awfully rude. (laughs) Fine then. We'll move on to Annette. I'm sorry. I just feel like ugly feels right because it's so wrong. (laughs) Okay. Could be giving someone a lot of points, but I'm okay with that. Could be. And that leaves. Kathy Campbell. I need to insert myself with the girls again. Sorry, insertion is no longer an option. (laughs) Because if this is not the correct answer, somebody knows how to play this game. And they get two big thumbs up from me because that's a brilliant, brilliant answer. Well, all righty then. It's four for ugly. And Brian on the outside again with the whacker. Let's start with Brian, shall we? <laughs> He's whacking it on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing Glenn's kids are in yeah. Actually, let's start with the four of you who all thought that Johnny Dickshot might be nicknamed Ugly. That would be Kelly, Tiff, Annette, and Kathy. That actually was Johnny Dickshot's nickname, so good job. A nickname he gave himself, by the way, claiming to be the ugliest player in baseball. <laughs> He's a little homely. He's not that bad. But what that means is that uh, with those two points, that pushes Kelly oh, no. right to the brink. She's <gasps> sitting at 17 points. And if Brian... All she needs is one more. And then, well, you know, we got Brian, you know, with one point. hanging with the whacker. <laughs> <laughs> if that's Kelly's answer... She's just pulled it off a, wow, a seven-round win. But it's not. It's Tiff's. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. So a point to Tiff. And Kelly is just hovering there, leaning over the (laughs) the finish line. Maybe she'll do it here in round eight. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, let's see how the scores are working out for us. Again, Kelly in first with 17. Kathy's not too far behind. She's got 13. That's uh, She's definitely within distance. 
Annette is in third with 10 points. Tiff is in fourth with eight. I am now in fifth with my six points. Brian is still in sixth with two. It's better than zero. So let's move on, shall we? From that nonsense to... The new nonsense. Another listener word. Yay! This one was supplied... We have two listeners. Well, we did. Before this game started. (laughs) This one was supplied to us by Listener Jim. Thank you, Listener Jim. Yay! Thanks, Jim. And, well, don't thank him yet. That word is... Vinculum. Oh, dear. Vinculum. That's spelled V-I-N-C-U-L-U-M. Vinculum. Please send me your definitions for that word, which is vinculum. Now. Vinculum. All right, all of the definitions are in for the word vinculum. And here they are. One. The last few drops of wine in a bottle of wine. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Two. A beaver's rump. (laughs) Three. A houseplant of inedible, colorful peppers. Four. The joyful, intense anticipation that comes from imagining future pleasures. <laughs> pleasures. Future shivered, tim- future shivered pleasures, you mean. Yeah. Five. A horizontal line written over a decimal fraction to indicate that it repeats. Or six. A houseplant suited to warm, humid areas like bathrooms where I feel like we've been pretty much the entire night. (laughs) (laughs) So those are your options for the word vinculum. And since it's round eight, our first guesser is Kelly. Um, I'm going to go with the pepper plant. Okay. Kelly picks a peck of inedible colorful peppers. Tiff. Um, I would like Brian's exciting answer about the repeating decimals. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Annette. Is that the horizontal line? It is. That's the one I want. You guys are lining up on the horizontal line, huh? (laughs) Yes, we are. All right. (laughs) Kathy. It's a long line. There's room for three. I know. And you guys haven't steered me wrong before, with the exception of the one time that you did. <laughs> so obviously, there was only one right time. now. Except for all those times where you steered me wrong. Oh, what was the second one? A beaver's rump. Oh, that's right. <laughs> okay, I'm. I'm gonna. We're going. I'm going to vote for a beaver's rump. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never heard that phrase ever before. (laughs) Except that one time. Uh, Brian. Hey, everyone. Is there room for me on the horizontal line? I'm glad you didn't say beaver's rump. (laughs) (laughs) But only if it's shapely. You on that line, Brian? 
I'm I I because it's mine. I walk the line. <laughs> Ooh, very nice. Mm. Very very nice. Well, um, let's see here. Let's start with Kathy Campbell. Oh no. <laughs> She thought that a vinculum might be a beaver's rump, which I got to say, of all the words that could be a beaver's rump, that might be the grossest. I'm not sure why. (laughs) (laughs) And it was wrong. It was Brian's exciting answer. (laughs) Solidarity with all beavers. Hmm. 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 That means that Tiff, Annette, and Brian, uh, they all went for a horizontal line written over a decimal fraction to indicate that it repeats. And that is the definition for the word vinculum. Oh, yeah. I should have gone with my Ooh. heart. Yes, math. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which means that uh, you're all preserved for one more round because Kelly thought that a vinculum was a houseplant of inedible colorful peppers. And that was Tiff's colorful answer. Yes. I feel undead. It's amazing. So... Whoa, get that checked out, please. <laughs> you all live to fight another day, but Kelly is still right there. She's still got 17 points. Kathy's got 13 in second. Annette is in third with 12. Tiff is in fourth with 11. Uh, I've still got six. I'm in fifth. Uh, Brian's making his move, though. He's got five points. Still in sixth, but uh, he's hot on my heels. So let's see. Um, oh, yeah, we get to do around nine. That's exciting. <laughs> Is it? I think so, because <laughs> round nine is a round of Love is a Strange Place. Oh, no. Ooh. Yes. So here's how this one works. When American movies are released in other countries, they frequently change the movie's name to something that might be more appealing to the locals from that country. Uh, for example, if you went to see Guardians of the Galaxy in Taiwan, you would go into the theater under the door marked Interplanetary Unusual Attacking Team. (laughs) So I'm going to give you the name of a movie and the name of a country in which that movie was released after being released in the United States. I want you to tell me what the movie is known as in that country. In English, please. Just thought I'd check. (laughs) So, tonight's movie is... Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I've seen it, yes. Finally, we get one that Tiff has seen. And I want you to tell me what that movie was known as in the country of Italy. Mamma Mia. So, please send me that translation for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Now. Oh Oh, boy. Did Mark go get you the soundy thingy or did you get it yourself? The vibra slap? Yes, that. (laughs) Oh, uh, wow. I wish I'd known it was called that earlier. (laughs) Mark, I'm about to laugh my vinculum off. But I need more more vibration in my slap. It doesn't doesn't vibrate. Yeah. (laughs) There There we go. It's a really nice one. It's all made of wood. Ooh. Artisanally rough hewn handcrafted. Yeah, it kind of looks like a sex toy. I'm <laughs> 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 not going to lie. All of the translations are in for the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind as seen in Italy. I will read them now. One. 
Forget that woman and be happy. <laughs> Two, endless light from shining thoughts. Three, dreaming of tiny oranges. Four, forget the lady because of science. <laughs> Five, if you leave me, I delete you. <laughs> or six, beautiful love of forgetfulness. One of those is, in fact, the real translation of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind in the country of Italy. And the first to get to decide which one it is, is Tiff. All right. Oh, these are really good, you guys. This okay. is a really good one. I mean, there's no barefoot. I really party, like. But... <laughs> That's true. It's true. It's n- can it ever really be barefoot? No, it's party? true. I always strive for that high. <laughs> um, if you leave me, I delete you is really good. Beautiful love of forgetfulness is really good. An endless light from a shining thought. And uh, tiny oranges is because the girl's name is Clementine. Tiny ah. oranges in the wine. In the wine. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a song apparently. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I I just I I want to be right so badly. I mean, that's the whole point of this game, right? That uh yeah, more or less. All right. <laughs> if you leave me, I delete you. <laughs> All righty. I like a vengeful movie. Sure. <laughs> that brings us to Annette. I think I'm going to go poetical and go beautiful love of forgetfulness. Mm. It's lovely. It's poetic. Indeed. Kathy. It's very Italian. Just seems. Ugh. I, I'm going with the dreaming of tiny oranges. Okay. Brian. My favorite is if you leave me, I delete you. But I think... Well, hmm. endless light from shining thoughts. Endless light from shining thoughts. Okay. And that leaves Kelly. I think, oh, I was going to say shiny thoughts, but I'm not sure. Um, I really like the idea of dreaming of tiny oranges, so I'm going with that. Okay. It sounds really nice. Very good. Well, let's see how that all worked out for you. Let's start with Brian, who thought that Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind might be known as Endless Light from Shining Thoughts. Nope, that was actually a Nets. Oh. Yes. (laughs) My thoughts are shining. Indeed. Uh, Annette, meanwhile, thought that Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind might be known as Beautiful Love of Forgetfulness. That was, in fact, Kathy's answer. So (sighs) point to Kathy for that. Yay. Thank you. Tiff thought that the (laughs) translation for uh, 
Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind in Italy was If You Leave Me, I Delete You. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly and how I she read is it. absolutely correct in oh! Italy. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is known as Semilassi Ti Cancello. Oh, <laughs> that's so That's good. so good. If, if you leave me, I delete you. <laughs> of course, what that means is uh, both Kathy Campbell and Kelly were incorrect in thinking that it was Dreaming of Tiny Oranges. That was Tiff's answer. So two more oh. points to Tiff. Good job, in. Tiff. Yeah, great that job. Of course, one. you just prolonged the agony for one more round. <laughs> <Yeah>. because... <laughs> But One uh, round more. things are getting awfully interesting. <laughs> I'm nothing interesting. if not prolonged agony. <laughs> After round nine, things are awfully interesting. Kelly's still hanging there with 17 ah! points. Oh, she's so close. She could taste it. But Tiff is now in striking distance. She has 15. oranges. Kathy is right behind her with 14. And Ned is in fourth with 13. Then there's a bit of a gap. And then the two dudes. All right. Let's go. So let's do this thing. Somebody, I think, may win it this this round. This is round 10, and we're back to words. And the word for round 10 is... Obstipation. Obstipation. That's O-B-S-T-I-P-A-T-I-O-N. Obstipation. Please send me your definitions for the word obstipation. Mom, you nest. <laughs> now. I'll I see never, you I'll never shiver. Um, <laughs> it's a... Patience. I quiver with pleasure. You shiver. <laughs> Do it again. shiver with obstep. Say it. All right, all of the definitions are in for round 10. The word for round 10 was obstipation. I will read those definitions now. One, a condition in snakes causing them not to shed their skins. Two, extreme constipation. <laughs> Extreme <out> constipation. constipation. <laughs> Extreme. Three, being unable to locate an item held in one's own hand. Four, refusing to change your mind. Five, looking at yourself in the mirror and feeling happy. Or six, to stir semicolon, to touch semicolon, to move to tears, semicolon. No, there wasn't one. <laughs> All right. One of those is the real definition for obstipation. And our first guesser this round is Annette. I am, I'm not, I'm going to just... I have no clear thought, so I like the one about the mirror. That's where I'm going. Okay. Sounds good. Kathy. <sighs> Refusing to change your mind. Okay. That brings us to Brian. I can't bring myself to say the phrase 
I like extreme constipation. <laughs> so I'm going to say I will pick definition number two, which is, <laughs> quote, two. extreme yeah, constipation. Yeah, well, the irony. Two, it's not quote. two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You fixed this, Lutz. Oh, Damn it, Lutz. It. That was the universe on my behalf. <laughs> Random.org. <laughs> Random.org. I knew all those ad spots would pay off eventually. <laughs> all right, Kelly. Uh, I'm going to go with Brian on this one, and I'm going to stand over there by him with the definition and not overthink it and yeah. just go with... Which which definition was that? That would be constipation <laughs> of the extreme variety, oh. Steve. <laughs> extreme <laughs> constipation. Extreme. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. You think and you've seen constipation <laughs> before? <laughs> Just wait. We'll sell you the whole uh, seat. But you Kelly, I love your company. Dead. I need to be alone right now. <laughs> hey, Tiff. <sighs> you move me to tears, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that might just be extreme constipation, though. Either way, I'm crying. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> it's funny you use the word move. <laughs> Just blame it on the obstipation. <laughs> so. What? You're going to pick an answer? Yeah, I said you moved me to tears. The the last one with all the semicolons. <laughs> <laughs> and they're semicolons. Oh, no. the, yeah, the one with the semicolons. Well, they would Steve's be. Not that that would certainly cause to. constipation. All those semicolons. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you need a full colon Man. to operate properly. <laughs> we need to get some guys in here next time to bring the dignity level up. <laughs> all right. Well. Uh, Let's see what happened there. <laughs> Why don't we start with, uh, oh, how about Kathy? Oh, no. She thought that obstipation quite reasonably might be refusing to change your mind. That actually was Annette's answer, so a point to Annette for that. Woo-hoo! Good job. Yes. Moving on to Annette. Annette thought that obstipation might be looking at yourself in the mirror and feeling happy. I'm sure Brian's happy about that because that was his answer. <laughs> One point to Brian. Tiff, on the other hand, thought that obstipation might be to stir, semicolon, to touch, semicolon, to move to tears. That was Kathy's answer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bonus points to the Steve requesting to upgrade those commas to semicolon. (laughs) (laughs) They were commas before. They were commas before. Uh, Oh, what's that leave us? That leaves us Brian and Kelly. Both of whom thought that obstipation might be extreme constipation. <laughs> if they're right, Kelly wins this game. <laughs> Kelly wins this game. Yeah! Oh! We all win by ending this game. <laughs> obstipation yeah. is extreme constipation. Sunday, what a way Sunday, to end Sunday. the game. And also Monday. With the- <laughs> I know. Yeah, finally you got things flowing. Good job, Kelly. You were stopped up at 17 for the longest time. Some might even say an extremely long time. It was extreme. (laughs) Wow. So Kelly wins low definition 19 in fine form. She ends up with 19 points. Didn't even stop at 18. Got the whole 19. (laughs) 
Kathy was awfully close. I thought this was your game, Kathy. I was so close. I don't think I've ever gotten this many points before. Tiff was equally close. They were both tied for second with 15 points. Annette. Hey, oh, high five. Strong Woo! showing. With 14 points. Nice. That's yeah. a job fourth place this game, but that's only because everybody was so clumped up in the front. Uh, I mean, <laughs> besides. Obstipated. It's, I guess yeah. it's better than being clumped up in the back. Uh, Brian <laughs> ended up in fifth with eight points. Hey. I'm the rump of the <gasps> beaver. You made it almost halfway, Brian. Good job. Shapely lump. It's a shapely uh, lump. <laughs> I'm there in the back, and after getting six points in the first round, I was so sure this was my day. <laughs> But you dash it's always my hopes. your day, Steve. <laughs> so uh, that does it for low definition. I want to thank my players. I guess I have to. Uh, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks, Kathy, Brian, Kelly, Tiff, and Annette. Uh, hey, seeing as you're still listening, listeners, I'm guessing that you enjoyed or at least barely tolerated our little game. <laughs> if so, why not drop the game show podcast a nice review on iTunes? It don't cost nothing. Also, if you'd like to contribute a listener word or you have a fun round idea, send it along to lowdefgs at gmail.com. The GS stands for glue sniffer. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at lowdefgs and enjoy the silence. <laughs> Congratulations, you made it to the end. Until next time, I'm Steve Lutz saying quonk. <laughs> Just quonk. Good night, everybody.